Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Recorded live. Hi, everyone. It's Janet uh, with the usual GVCA uh, mentor group call. Uh, Melanie and I started talking about the topic before I hit the record button. So apologies to those who missed that. Um, We'll go back over it because our topic for today is how to nail rocking copy without hiring a copywriter. Uh, and because Melanie and I are both fairly experienced writers, I sort of laughed and said, well, it won't, you know, this is going to be a short call. And then I realized I have struggled with copywriting. for I did struggle with copywriting for the longest time. So the fact that I'm an experienced writer and so is Melanie might not guarantee that we would, and I could only speak for myself, is not a guarantee that one can be feel comfortable writing copy or be good at writing copy. And Melanie pointed out that um, she's been working with some brilliant copywriters and that, that sort of following their lead has, has really helped her. So Melanie, do you want to flesh that out a bit more? Because did you, was there ever a time when you found copywriting difficult or you didn't like the copy that you produced? Well, I mean, I've seen copy that I do not, I have not liked. Feels very, um, for lack of a better word, snake oily and just yes. yucky. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I've seen that copy before. And for me, the trick is hitting the pain points, obviously. But even when you hit the pain points, you don't have to do it in a way that feels icky. So that's such an interesting point. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think you can speak to people's pain and why they would want, you know, your product or service without making mm-hmm. them feel like, you know, splitting their wrists. And the other thing that I think is so important in copywriting is using your voice. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> that's like number one for me. If you're not using your voice and it, you know, I just, I, I don't know. It sounds like everything else that's out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of beige. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to me because my journey with copywriting, I was, I had a real problem with copywriting initially because I was great at writing copy for other people, but I couldn't do it for myself. And it was all to do with some interior worthiness stuff about, myself about the stuff that I made and the stuff that I was offering I could get to I could get to the point where I loved the stuff I was making and offering but as soon as it came to my part in that you know like the the idea that I made this that worthiness that worthy unworthiness piece would sort of undermine the my ability to speak cleanly about the thing I made and it wasn't until I got that sorted out that I think I started writing good copy. Yeah, I think it's also important to tell story. Yeah. Like, to tell your story and why you are not in a, well, I was, you know, <laughs> nominated for valedictorian, not that kind of stuff, but, you know, tell us what you've been through a little bit, share your story, share your, 
you know, your experience and, and why you are the person that they should reach out to, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I also want to say there's... um. You talked earlier about the pain point. Um, and again, I know I keep quoting him, but I actually really like his clarity on this. And I don't know many other people who are as clear. And that's what Fabeku says. Uh, Fabeku is actually quite ferocious about um, sales and marketing and, and snake oil. Uh, and one of the things that he, there's a distinction he makes. Because I was a bit, because when I first encountered him, he was talking about, you know, not pressing on the pain points. And I'm like, if I can't talk to people about how I understand their pain, how can I offer them a solution? And he now, made who is this? It, it broke up uh, a this, little bit. Oh, sorry. This is Fabeku Satin Miche um, from Fabeku.com, F-A-B-E-K-U.com. Oh, okay. Um, he is uh, he's a business and marketing, um, I won't say guru because he's, he's sort of, really down on terms like guru or expert or, or coach even. He works with a lot of coaches and he loves coaches, but he won't claim the title. It's really funny. Uh, hmm. But one of the things he talks about is this distinction between pressing on a pain point and recognizing the pain point. So it's like if you imagine if, if somebody, had, you know, I don't know, if you had cut your finger, there's a distinction between me saying, I see the cut on your finger. I understand it must be really painful. I've got a Band-Aid. Here you go. Or, or I've got some, you know, antiseptic cream or whatever you want. There's a difference between that and then grabbing the finger and pressing on the pain. And that oh, distinction, right. yeah. I think that distinction isn't made very often in the world of copywriting. And we so often see the experts talking about how you've got to press on the pain point to make people desperate enough to hire you. And I think that's a bullshit kind of approach. Pardon my French. Um, so I really like that distinction. And for me, the unworthiness thing, first of all, and then understanding that distinction, that was what freed me up to write good copy because I didn't feel, I didn't feel the horrible, it feels awful to press on someone's pain point. None of us wants to do that. And being able to express compassion for the pain without pressing on the pain, I think that's a huge difference. <clears throat> I agree, I agree with that. I do. I I do think so. I, I, there's a couple of thoughts that are going through my mind. One is, as sad as it may be, fear sells. It just does. But I think that you can be in integrity with it. Like if I'm sharing a story that I. I've suffered over just something that I'm really feeling strongly and passionately about. Like I really experienced this. I know what you're going through. Mm. Is that pushing down on the pain a little bit? Yeah, probably. But is it from a place of, it's like, what's your intention behind it? I think that that's for me, what matters the most. Like I think but it's I, okay for me to share my, my pain and share in that way if my intention behind it is in integrity with myself. Absolutely. And I think, that is, I think that's a really good articulation of what, what it means to do it with compassion. Because, I mean, the, the root of the word compassion is to suffer with. And by doing that, what we're saying is, I see your suffering, I suffer with you, 
and I have something that I discovered that worked for me and it might help you too. Um, rather yeah. than standing on the sidelines saying, ooh, look at you over there in your pain. I'm over here in no pain and I, I've got the secret, um, but let me remind you of how much pain you're in. I think there's a big difference between those two approaches. So what you're talking, talking about, about sharing story, that's a mechanism that is, that's a really powerful mechanism for being able to say to someone, I understand your pain because I've been there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the difference between like, and I'm just going to make up some fictitious character out there who weighs like 20 pounds and who's never gained a pound in her life telling people how to lose weight and how, you know, they'll be loved yes. and they'll be like, like that you can just feel when something To, I would rather hire someone who is still struggling with their weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still. Like, I would yeah. rather hire someone like that who I feel like would understand where I'm at. And, and, I, and I, I don't know anybody, anybody who actually would do that, but I'm just cra- pulling out this crazy example because I think that that's, it, no, I actually, think the people can feel it. I think that's a really good example because I think the weight loss industry, I mean, there are a couple of areas where I, I have seen people who are doing a lot of pushing on pain points and the weight loss industry is one of them. I think relationship coaching is another one where there's a lot of pushing yeah. on pain points out there. I don't know anybody personally who would do that. Like I think everybody that you and I know uh, through GBCA and GBU and all those other common circles, I think everyone that I know I know that everybody I know would do it from a position of compassion and would do it from a position of I've been there too. Um, I've got to be honest, one of the reasons I don't do relationship coaching is that I just got really, really lucky and I fluked it with my relationships. And I think it's partly because my parents were one of those rare couples that negotiated a you know a 50-something year marriage. Um, uh, without, <laughs> do you want to hear without, something funny? I, I don't do relationship coaching because my mom was married to five alcoholics and got divorced, so I'm on the <laughs> other end of that pendulum. But still, like, I just, you know, I, I don't claim to have the answers to that. I'm still working yeah. on it, you know. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I think we, yeah, you're right. We're both, <laughs> that is funny. Um, but it's interesting that we both of us have gone, yeah, I don't know how to coach that. You because you don't feel you've got the answers and me because I, I don't feel I have the answers because I never needed them because I'm like, yeah, what we're doing works yeah. and I don't want to, you kind of don't want to fiddle with it because, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, uh, Absolutely. But it is yeah, so I think you're right. I think the people who are kind of, I'm over here having never had the problem and let me fix that horrible pain for you. I think that, anyway, it's sort of, we're not exactly getting off topic, but I think it, this is all crucial to the the art of copywriting. And I, my what I actually wanted to say about the topic was, I do want to, I, I don't know, I feel I have to say this because I think somebody needs to say it somewhere, is if writing copy is as painful for someone as poking bamboo shoots under their fingernails, then go hire a copywriter. Just make sure that the copy they're writing, you've got given them a really good brief so they know to write with compassion. They know to write from, you know, including your stories. Because I think that for some people, writing copy is 
if writing isn't ever their feel-good place, then writing copy might be something they want to hand over or at least get a copywriter who can then coach you on how to do what they do. I think, you know, because I think the, the, yeah. idea that, <clears throat> the idea that we're sort of, I don't know, that we've given up if we hire someone to do something. Well, if, if writing copy is a serious toleration, then getting someone else to do it might be the best solution, might be the best, vibrationally might be the best solution. What if there's something even more vibrationally yummy? Like, Ooh, okay, same if, you, if, if you love something, I mean, if you really love something and you feel super passionate about it and you just want to talk about it all day long, how hard would it be for you to write about it? And secondly, if writing isn't your good, why can't you do video? Why can't you do audio? Yes. Why can't you, yes. like, like, does it feel good, period? I, I don't know. I, I think that when we, I've worked with people who have brought out courses that they weren't passionate about at all, and they just wanted to make money, so there was intention behind it because they were just starting it. And it doesn't make them bad or wrong or anything like that. They just... Mm. They were so passionate about being entrepreneurs that they just wanted to put something out there. And they yeah. weren't passionate about the subject. They just thought it, like like many people who get into the the diet business, right, who really aren't yeah. passionate about it, but they know that it's a moneymaker. Or yeah. the clients that would call me and say, can you do some research and see what topic I can write about so a blog goes viral? That's right. not how it works, right? Yeah. Like how it works is is sharing something from the depths of your heart that resonates with people. That's what makes things go viral. And I think I, that it's no different yeah. with copy. Yeah. I think that's true. And I still think that I'm a bit wary of anything that says uh, hiring someone to do something is a, a sort of a lesser path or less <clears throat> less worthy or you know it's there's there's an I think there's an implication in the topic and I don't think Lisa meant it this way but my what I well no let, let me rephrase that <clears throat> I I inferred from the topic that there's a kind of judgment that says you ought to be able to do this for yourself and not have to hire a copywriter and I, that was the piece I wanted mm. to question from my own mind now I I do feel like, um, and this is perhaps my own sensitivity, given that I'm a writer, it would feel really stupid to hire a copywriter. It's like I should be able to nail this. I should be able to do this. Right. Um, and I'm happy to say I have. I think I'm a, <clears throat> sorry, I'm a froggy this morning. Um, I, think I'm a, I think I write really good copy. Um, but I have to get vibrationally lined up very consciously before I do it. And I have to um, <clears throat> be really sort of intentional about making it a love letter rather than a, you know, here you need this thing. Uh, so I, I, there's a whole lot of things I need to put in place in order to write good copy and I know what they are now for me and that's great. But the, my question would be, why, why is it such, why is it, why could it be a bad idea to hire a copywriter? To which my answer is because the copywriter that I hire may not be able to, may not know the subtleties of what I want to create with the copy and I think that's where the discussion is useful it's like 
in the end, mechanically, it sort of doesn't matter who writes the copy. The question really, in my mind, would be, is this copy the sort of copy that makes people feel even more pain because it's manipulating them into something? Or is it copy that is of value, of service? And I think, you know, you and I both do this when we tell our own stories, for example. When, you know, and Jeanette does it really well. Lisa does it really well. <clears throat> you can read, um, I know Jeanette has said that uh, one of her intentions with every sales page is that you could get something that would change your life just from reading the sales page. And I really like that intentionality behind it. I think that, that to me kind of reframes everything. You can't push on someone's pain point and leave them in pain and have that feel like being of service. So, right. and, and if, you were, if you want to hire a copywriter, the problem is that many of them, not all, but many of them are trained to do that kind of copywriting where they leave someone in pain and don't ever kind of lift them out of it again. So I think the trick is, regardless of who actually does the writing, the, the key is being very conscious about how we, do cop how we do copywriting in order to nail rocking copy. And I, so, I, so it sort of took me a while to think my way around that, but, but I, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with hiring a copywriter. Uh, if, but I also really like your point too about, you know, you could do it with video. You can do it with Periscope. You don't have to write. You can yeah. just do Periscopes three times yeah. a day. Um, or you can do it with, uh, you know, with photo essays or I don't know. There's got to be so many different ways there's to do this. There's a thousand ways that you could do it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's I think that that's really underneath the point that I'm making. It's not that hiring a copywriter is bad. It's not if that feels good to you. But mm. the, that's the point. Use what feels good to you, right? Yeah. If, if yeah, writing yeah. doesn't feel good, use video. If video doesn't feel good, use audio. If audio doesn't feel good, hire someone. If, you know, but I'm yeah. guessing, even though you might think, oh, you know, I struggled a little bit with copywriting, when you did the identity shift stuff, I'm imagining that all of that poured out of you and delighted you. Is that true? Yeah, there were stages that did, uh, but there's a lot of careful... Um, there's a lot of careful planning and structural work behind the copy. And I'm really right. glad that it reads as though it just poured out of me because that's, that was my intention. But it's a bit like, um, you know, you watch Yo-Yo Ma play and you think it's effortless and actually there's an incredible amount of work gone in behind it. And I'm not comparing my copywriting with his cello playing at all, but it is that <laughs> It's that same thing of enormous, you know, it's the swan on the lake. There's all, it's all effortless and serenity and flow on top and underneath you paddling like mad. Mm -hmm. So there yeah. was a lot of paddling that went on beforehand. Um, and it was, uh, and it was the sort of copy that I couldn't have written, I don't know, three years ago because I wouldn't have felt worthy and I would have felt like I had to do what all the experts said. Because the one thing I think about my copy is that it doesn't follow the formula of, you know, press on the pain point and and keep going on about it, which I, long sales pages drive me nuts. <laughs> well, and I think that that is going by the wayside anyway. I mean, I, I love Jeanette's yeah. idea of, of an anti-launch, and it was quite successful. So, yeah. 
again, I, I think it just all boils down to what feels good. You know, if you like writing copy, if you like, even, I don't know, even those people who are pushing pain and, and pressing on it are still attracting the people that are vibrating on, on that level, right? That's true. That's true. And I, and I have no doubt that, that that kind of copy gets, you know, numbers and bums on seats and money through the door. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I just say that I, I, it wouldn't feel good to me vibrationally and I would not therefore feel like I was in integrity. And if I don't feel in integrity, then I can't offer my best stuff. So Right, right. No, and I yeah. feel the same way. I just think that it's still going to attract some people who are, you know, there. Yeah, that's true. And, and it, you know, this is sort of, I mean, this question opens the door to so many other branches of <laughs> what we do. But, you know, when it comes to my perfect clients, I've become very clear fairly recently that my perfect clients don't have, uh, or, you know, have, uh, 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 have pretty solid mental health. They don't, uh, you know, uh, it yeah. would be because of the brain science stuff that I talk about, I do get inquiries from time to time for people who have, you know, asking, do I work with acquired brain injury or uh, do I work with, um, you know, clinical depression, to which my answer is, look, if you're under the care of your health professional, I'm happy to coach you in parallel, but I do not, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a psychotherapist and I'm not a, um, you know, a qualified uh, brain recovery therapist. I don't have any of that kind of, um, diagnostic skill and uh, and you know and so for me it's become really important to get clear that my perfect clients are coming from that kind of um, side of things they're not you know they're not looking for uh, an alternative to psychotherapy or or brain therapy um, and, I, and and again that informs how I write copy you know because it the copy is always underpinned by all of this stuff do you find that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking too is, because um, I'm a little hesitant, one of the things we've been talking about is you've got to do what feels good, but I remember back to when I started out, writing copy did not feel good, and yet I knew that that wasn't because it wasn't aligned, it was because I wasn't aligned with what I was trying to say, if that makes sense. Like I had the unworthiness going and I had all that stuff about it's got to sound professional, which made it sound beige. Um, it was, so my lack of feel good around writing copy was because of my skill, my skill base being really low and because of that, I was listening to the wrong experts. You know what I mean? Is this making sense? It is, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm really thinking about what I talked, I just had a couple calls this week with writers, like, I don't, I, I just feel blocked, I, nothing's flowing, I don't think things are coming, I, and you know what I say, and, and I, I do not believe in writer's block, mm. I believe that writer's block is writing to an audience, it's thinking about who you're writing for, instead yeah. of writing for yourself. If everyone sat down, and this is if they liked writing, if everybody sat down and just said every, poured all of it out, and you know, from their heart and just said what they wanted to say and really just let it flow from a place of just 
I'm writing this for myself. Nobody's going to see it. Uh-huh. The copy would flow, and then they could yeah. go back in and edit it and, and, you know, add some of the things, the marketing elements, the pain points, the story, the, you know, switch some things around, and there would be the copy. But when we get hung up even on writing copy, it's because we're thinking about who's going to read it, and, and we're getting attached to who's going to buy it. And yeah, yeah. that's just my, my rant. No, I think you're right. And I also think it's interesting for me because the copy that I've written for, for Identity Shift Ninja is like it was carefully planned out and I was very clear in my own mind about which part of my audience it was for. But when it came to the actual writing process, it wasn't like I was writing for an external reader. This is going to sound a bit weird because I was thinking, as you were talking, I was thinking when I wrote my first book, I had my reader very clearly in my mind. Uh, but when I when I think about who she is, she's me. <laughs> so I am writing for myself. It's just I'm writing for a specific right. part of myself. I'm writing for who, partly who I used to be and partly... A part, there is still a part of me, like when I was writing my book, I was writing it for the, the reader who's sitting on a long train commute with her Kindle, kind of constantly looking up and going, oh my God, I wish I was somebody here I could share this stuff with because it's so amazing. I do that all the time. When I'm reading a really meaty piece of brain science or astrology or whatever, there's a part of me that constantly wants to look up and go, oh my God, you guys, you should hear this stuff. I want to read sections out loud to people, to total strangers. <laughs> So that part of me, that's the part of me I was writing to. And yeah. uh, and when it comes to copy, it's the same. I've got my three orbits, you know, my inner, middle and outer orbit. And my copy is geared to whichever one of those orbits, that particular page or that particular product I'm writing a sales page for or marketing material, it's geared towards that particular orbit but it's not an external person because that then brings in that sense of potential judgment or, you know, will it relate, will it land, will they understand? It's the part of me that still exists in that orbit, <clears throat> the part of me that connects, you know, that uh, there's a, I think that I believe that every single person we work with, there's, a, there's something about them that is a reflection of something about us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to connect with them. They, we yeah. wouldn't that, you know... That rapport. That's that vibrating on the same plane, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some way. So when I access that part of myself, which is the like the conduit to that audience that I'm writing for, and then I only focus on writing to that part of myself, that to me. Uh, so yeah, I really like your approach. And I, I hadn't thought about it in that sense before. And now, because one of the things I do structurally is when I'm writing copy is, I think about the paragraphs or the pages, you know, depending on what order, sorry, depending on what I'm constructing, if it's a whole website or just a page, I go first date, second date, third date. So it's like you don't want to try and get to third base on the first date. It's that introduction. So it is structured in that way. Uh, but that's thinking about it as a separate person, whereas thinking about it as a part of my own psyche and saying, okay, I'm having a first date with this particular aspect of me. How do I talk to her? That that really resonates with me. I want to go back and rewrite my copy now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah.
But yeah, I I think that um, look, I don't know. I'm I, I'm guessing there are people out there who absolutely loathe writing, full stop. I I sort of like I have a love hate relationship when I've got something really big to write, like a book. And there are days where it's like <laughs> I'd rather poke my eye out with a stick. But mm-hmm. really, uh, but there must be people for whom writing is just intensely painful. It's like torture, and um. Yeah, I think... But I think that that's because you're thinking about who's going to read it. I do. Like, I was just writing a blog today, and I really liked it, and I was having so much fun, and I was laughing. And then as I was going through and editing it, I was like, oh, this is crap. This is like, nobody's (laughs) going to want to read this 40-page long thing about books at the end. Like, it's too long. Maybe I should say something. Maybe I should say hey, this part is really long. You may want to skip to the end. And I'm like, good God, stop. Like, just <laughs> yeah. put it out there the way that you would enjoy it. And if somebody likes it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. And so I totally enjoyed that process until I started thinking about who was going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. But I still, I don't know. I, I still think there are people out there. And I don't think you and I encounter them very often, especially I have to say, I don't think you would encounter them very often because of the work you do. Um, but there, there must be people out there who just don't like writing. And honestly, they've got there are other media. Just skip the writing and go to the, you know, go to the yeah. uh, the video or the audio or whatever, or hire someone. You know, as long as the, as long as people, are, I think the key is, as long as you're hiring a copywriter because you. It's not because you're right. If sorry, I'll go back. If the struggle with writing copy is because of unworthiness, or it's like if you would normally like, if you would normally be okay with writing, and copywriting isn't working, then that's a then there's some there's either some skill stuff or some unworthiness stuff or something like that like that going on. But if you're the kind of person who doesn't like to write blog posts, doesn't like to write newsletters, for whom writing is not a thing, but you love doing radio. Then do that. <laughs> do audio. Do See, video. Now, now, this ties right into the blog post that I just wrote today that I was just talking about. Is it love or is it fear? Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. It only boils down to two things. If you're fearing yeah. that, you know, you're not good enough or you're not this or you're not that or that it won't, like, if, it, if you're hiring one out of fear because you think you have to because you, um, in fact, yeah. I just promoted... Um, Martha Beck's Integrity Cleanse, and my whole blog was Love Versus Fear, The Experiment. And I promoted her Integrity Cleanse that she just launched. And I I said in in my newsletter, I was like, this is a good time to experiment. Does this feel like love or does it feel like fear? If it feels like fear, maybe it feels like I'm not good enough if I, I'm not enough. Like, yeah. I need to take this course because I'm not enough. Yeah. That, that feels like fear. Don't buy it. But if it feels like, oh, my gosh, this looks like so much fun, I'd love to play with these new tools, Yeah, that feels like love for you. It feels like a deep breath. It feels like peace. Then do it. So, yeah. so copywriting, love or fear, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm thinking about examples where hiring a copywriter might actually feel like love. So it might feel like love. For example, I know um, I was talking to somebody who 
had learned how to write very long sales pages and they were trying to write a short sales page and they just couldn't pull it off. They just literally couldn't pull it off. So they hired a really good copywriter and said, this is what I want to do. I want this information. This is what I'm selling. This is, you know, so it was almost like the copywriter interviewed them in depth about what they, were, what they wanted to create. What they, you know, and uh, the copywriter went away and did something in about 500 words and brought it back. So it, was, it almost became like a coaching thing. So this person was able to say, oh, I get it. That's, that's cool. That, it's like if, if, if that, he, he had that awareness that he was totally caught up in a habit of how he wrote copy and he needed someone else to come along with fresh eyes and say, try this so that he could look at it as something that somebody else had done and go, oh, I get it, whereas he just couldn't, couldn't get it there himself. And of course, the other time where it might, be, it might feel like love is if you're writing in a language that isn't your, first, isn't your native tongue, you know? Uh, and, yeah. you know, that it might feel better to hire a copywriter. Um, I did it myself once. I actually, the only time I've hired a copywriter was ages ago, I was trying to promote something new and I was, it was my first group program and I couldn't even begin to nail the copy. I couldn't get anywhere close. So I hired somebody and she was from somebody from the GBU community who understood all of the stuff that I was talking about so that I didn't have to kind of try and justify what I was selling to her. She got it. She came back with copy and as I was reading it, I became aware of what I loved and what I hated and I didn't use her copy. I ended up using that as the mm. launching point for my own copy, um, which was, you know, which I was finally able to do. So that was a really good exercise in, you know, sometimes you hire somebody to do something and it's only through that experience you discover how you actually want it done. <laughs> it's like I couldn't describe how I wanted it done and with enough clarity to do it until I saw it done not quite right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, that's what got me into copywriting in the first place was getting some copywriting that was really, really felt icky. Like it made yep. me feel like I wanted to cry. It was so wow. snake oily. I have to say, this, this particular one wasn't snake oily. It was really well done. But there were some technical things like it was written in the third person instead of the first person. And I was like, no, it's got to be from me. Mm. It's not about me, it's from me. So there were some structural things that were fundamentally flawed. And that, you know, so it wasn't snake oily, but it, was, it wasn't right. And um, I, I do, I, you know, having spent a few years getting to the point where I now enjoy writing copy, God, I never thought I'd say that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know... I, the, one of the main reasons I very re that I've only hired a copywriter myself once is I didn't want to spend the money on it. I thought, screw this, I'm a writer. I should be able to nail this. But I also think there are people out there for whom writing has never been an attraction, never been a thing. And yeah, there's just other media to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts? I don't think so. I think we nailed it. I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't nail how to write copy, we certainly nailed how to hire a copywriter really well <laughs> or how to bring them. I think so. <laughs> I think so.
Yeah. Yeah, and I do agree with you. I look, I um I worked with a lady who was uh, who was on the brink of giving up her PhD after 8 years of research because she had hit what she thought of as writer's block <clears throat> and it turned out to be it turned out to be fear of judgment, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and we worked through yeah. that. I didn't actually work on her with the writing at all. I just worked on her with clearing the block, basically. And um, she's, you know, on the brink of finishing her PhD now. She's making really good progress, and she's had a whole lot of side benefits as well. And I, so I agree with you. Nice. I, don't think, I don't think writer's block is a thing, but I think it's a convenient phrase we use for the thing that feels like writer's block, if you know what I mean. It's a bit like... Mm-hmm, I do. Yeah, so it's a sort of catch-all term uh, that I think is... It's like stage fright, you know? Stage fright is a catch-all term for all sorts of things that happen to performers from time to time, some of which are useful and some of which are not. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, as always, an absolute pleasure and delight to talk with you. Yeah, you too. Uh, If we've finished up, I will end the recording. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.